welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means today I barely kept my head on straight because it was an absolutely chaotic day covering this team. Uh, day's not over yet. It's about 940 or so East Coast time, and we'll see what else happens. But it was an, a wacky day today. To help me break everything down, our friend Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post joined me. We just kind of went through all a lot of this here. The J.D. McKissick reversal. Yes, J.D. McKissick is now back on Washington after yesterday. He was headed to Buffalo. That was weird. Also weird, Matt Ioannidis and Eric Flowers no longer on the team. It was possible they wouldn't be on the team because of their cap situation, meaning Washington could create a lot of cap space by moving on from them. But they kind of waited to the last minute to do either of these things right before the start of the official start of free agency today. That was odd. And the agent for Matt Ioannidis had quite a lot to say on the subject to several reporters today. So that all happened. Um, They did re-sign Cam Sims. They tendered kicker Joey Sly. Uh, They also waived DeShazer Everett. Uh, They announced that Landon Collins, yes, he's still going to be released, but now it's going to be a post-June 1 release. That was different. So there was a lot to get into. And at the end of the day, as it stands, they have yet to sign an outside free agent. So even though they created a bunch of cap space and they kept some of their own guys and lost some guys, we don't quite know yet where this is heading. And that's what makes it kind of interesting right now to figure this out. So we'll get to my conversation with Nikki in just a moment here on the Standard Room Only Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you do your podcasting. I really appreciate everybody who drops a, a review there. Um, it, it only takes a couple seconds, but I promise you it does mean a lot. I really appreciate everybody who's doing that. And of course, you can find my work on The Athletic. I broke down everything today that happened, including the J.D. McKissick reversal. I have a quote in there from McKissick about, about uh, his feelings on the matter. So you can check that out over on The Athletic. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. You can follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Jabvala, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Um, all right, let's just go through this really quick and then we'll get to, to Nikki. Just sort of the TikTok, well, maybe not the TikTok, but the what happened today, okay? So I'm not going to do this in chronological order because to be honest, it was... Have I said it was chaotic? <laughs> it was chaotic. Somewhere around like 11 or 12 is when things got started to get going. When we heard that Matt Ioannidis was going to be released, that was surprising. Um, again, it was mostly surprising because there just wasn't any real warning signs that this was going to take place, which is what Matt Ioannidis' agent told everyone that he had been told at the combine that Ioannidis is good. And it seemed logical that that would be the case just based on the fact, one, he's a good player, two, you know, I've been harping on this for a long time that it kind of makes sense to move on from one of their starting defensive linemen at some point here because are you really going to extend all of them, especially when you now have an expensive quarterback? We'll deal with that topic some other day. But then also yesterday on Tuesday, Tim Settle left, right? So Tim Settle goes to Buffalo. He's staying there, I believe, (laughs) which means, okay, so he's gone. That means Ioannidis is your primary backup. Fine. If you kind of knew Ioannidis was going to be going, I would think you'd want to keep Tim Settle. And my understanding is that 
Washington was could have kept him settle was late to do that, just like they were apparently kind of late with McKissick, but he gave them a, uh, a pass to come back. So curious what happened there. In any event, Ioannidis is gone. Eric Flowers is gone. Similar story to Ioannidis. Eric Flowers had a roughly $10 million cap hit with no dead money. So you could just whack him, benefit to the cap, and that would be a good thing, except that you already lost Brandon Sheriff, and now you would lose Eric Flowers, who's pretty solid at left guard. Now he's gone. Uh, we don't quite know yet. I, I do have some sense, perhaps, that Eric Flowers um, maybe perhaps wanted um, a raise that Washington was unwilling to give, and it's more from that end than their end. But either way, well, maybe we'll find out. Either way, he's out. Um, those are two surprises. I mentioned Landon Collins, a bit of a surprise there that they held, that they decided to move the money to a post June one, uh, re- uh, release as opposed to now Nikki and I will talk about this in more depth. So I don't want to step on that, but that was a, a surprising, uh, situation there as well. Uh, Cam Sims is staying. I was told a one year, $3 million deal, 2 million guaranteed. I don't necessarily know that that means they're done at receiver. However, you now have Cam Sims and Deami Brown to go with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Again, not saying that's good enough. I am saying I would kind of like to see Deami Brown and Cam Sims be, see what they can do this year, be used a little bit better, perhaps in the case of Cam Sims. I think they're going to need a tight end. And by the way, Ricky Seals Jones, while Nikki and I were doing the podcast, he signed with the Giants. So now he's out. Uh, at the end of the day, a lot of things happened and the, the chaos part was sort of the way things unfolded was a bit disconcerting. I, I'm not going to lie, but until we kind of see how it all unfolds, it's really hard to right now, I think completely sit here and say they screwed up or they're on the right path or whatever at a minimum feel. I said, disconcerting. It does kind of feel that way that things are a bit haphazard, a bit chaotic and We'll see where things go from here. Um, so that's the gist of what happened today. I probably am forgetting something. I mentioned Joey Sly. They also uh, officially tendered several other exclusive rights for agents, including the other kicker, Brian Johnson. So there's two kickers sort of hanging around right now. They also, um, Bud Me Rutini, who was, uh, you know, a, a decent defensive end uh, off the bench last year. He's one of those guys they, they have in the mix as well. So, some things happened today, but we're still waiting for something significant to happen, especially from the outside. Internally, it's been weird. Externally, we're waiting for that first shoe to drop. But we've got more to discuss here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Nikki and I went in depth. And we also talked a lot about kind of the guy I haven't mentioned at all, who was official today. Carson Wentz is on the team. That's official. He will be talking Thursday morning to reporters. So we'll get our first comments from, uh, from him officially on everything that went down. And all everything that's happening here is centered around the fact that they made this move and it changed a lot of things position-wise, money-wise. They're, clearly, their approach. A lot of things have changed since Carson Wentz has gotten here. Better or for worse, that is, of course, to be determined. But what I do know is uh, Nikki and I had a really fun conversation. We're going to get to that right now. Uh, (laughs) Stay, stay tuned. Uh, If if something else breaks before I get done with this, I will try to add it. If not, we'll be back later this week for more podcasts. But right now, here we go. My conversation with Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post 
here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right, uh, this is going to be a, a, an episode where it's two reporters who are still on the clock uh, monitoring Twitter while and their phones while trying to break down what on earth happened today. Uh, I'll be one of the playing one of those reporters, and the other person will be friend of the podcast, Washington Post insider Nikki Jabala. Uh, we I just dispense with like the the the, the pre conversation, but when you came on the, the Zoom here, because we just have to get into this. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I it was yeah. unbelievable. We're not going to, it was an unbelievably chaotic day. I don't even know what the headline is because there was so much happening, but just from like the energy, it was a lot was happening today. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my lead is something that we've just said over and over again is that, you know, the Washington commanders slash football team, um, always finds a way to make it interesting because they do. There's always, I mean, there's were like basic transactions, right? Resigning your own free agents or uh, letting guys go in free agency or trading for guys. And yet it, it somehow always comes with like this drama. And there was a lot of it today. A lot of it. I mean, like in a normal situation, just JD McKissick alone, he's, he's going to Buffalo where we're all okay. Well, that stinks for the offense. And wait, what happened here? They 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 made they didn't make him an offer. They didn't get a chance to make an offer. All right. Well, you know, okay, we'll sort that out. We'll life life moves on. And then we're waiting for stuff to happen. And in the middle of a couple surprise cuts, oh wait, he's coming back. Right. What is what is going on here? And we both had like some versions of this story uh yesterday and a piece of together again today. I mean let's just start with this he is back and they need him they they they, they need offensive playmakers they can't really look forward to lose any so we think good... he's back. has he actually signed yet oh uh, you know what it's a fair point we're talking actually, at 8, 840... yeah we're talking <laughs> yeah. at 847 on wednesday night good point i we needed to clarify who the hell knows until it's announced who knows yeah no this was wild i mean here's the thing Let's go back to let's go back to early March. Martin Mayhew said, you know, we we want to see how the quarterback piece falls first before we decide on these other moves, even with our own free agents. Okay. They trade for Carson Wentz. That was a week ago. I talked to a number of agents. Sounds like there weren't many talks. Um, there were some, but not many, and and no real offers being made. Um and I was told there was no offer made to J.D. McKissick at any point. Um, so we get to today, um, 4 p.m., start of the league year. You know, he could be a free agent if he's not resigned. As of, as of Tuesday, actually, yesterday, he agrees to a two-year $7 million deal with the Bills worth up to $8 million, yada, yada, yada. And as you reported, you know, the the – team felt like what the heck we didn't have a chance to match it that's not how free agency works you had your own guy for like you could have extended him at any point over the last year and they didn't so if they had the means and they didn't do they really want the guy back I mean that's a fair question if I were a player but in the end they they came back and said no we really do want you we'll give you the same money please come back and he did you're saying as a consumer, if you walk into a store, even if you have a longstanding relationship with that store, but the store doesn't 
just give you the offer that you're, it doesn't give you any offer, let alone an offer you're looking for. And you walk to another store, you're saying you're not obligated to go back to that place and say, Hey, uh, how that works, right? It's not, it's not how that works. You are not obligated to give notice. No, it is interesting. Like to hear agents talk about this sort of dance, because like on the one hand, I think teams are afraid sometimes if they make an offer that the player then takes the offer, shops the offer around to other teams, and then perhaps they lose the, the guy that way. On the right. flip side, the concern is if there's if you're showing hesitancy by not making an offer, well, maybe you're not that interested in me, you know. So you 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 do what 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 JD McKissick did. The the uh, what the truth is, I guess we'll you know we'll we'll see if we ever know for sure because everybody's going to have their own view of what went on there. Again, the end result is the guy came back when he was, I guess given the heads up that Washington didn't want him, he did want to stay. So I guess we could say if they had done this up front, we wouldn't have had to go through all this. I mean, I, mean, I, I was told that they did not make an offer. Then the team basically confirmed to you, we didn't get a chance to match. So that's why we didn't make an offer. And then they come back and match it, you know, the, a day later. So it's just... I, I don't, I just, you, you wonder like what, what was happening within that week after they traded for Carson Wentz? Um, because as you alluded to, that wasn't, you know, the issue with McKissick wasn't the, the first one or the only one right. as we came to find out today. So, so, there were... so I feel like this today was an interesting window into what's going on over there. Now, obviously, again, we only know part of the story. Uh, you know, maybe you have a hidden camera somewhere within the within the Ashburn. I, well, because you live, you know, in, in that vicinity. Who knows what you got going on? But not, not that you would tell us anyway. Um, but but um, okay, so we have this McKissick thing, right? And clearly, there's a at a minimum massive miscommunication between Washington and McKissick's camp, and the Buffalo Bills are the ones spurned. Although I guess they got over it. They got Von Miller today. Uh, into Dre Howard, but yeah. Right. Okay. But then we have the Matt Ioannidis situation. Now we can all say just a little bit of a surprise that he was released. I think if they wanted to maximize their cap space, he was an obvious guy to go. He had a, you know, small dead cap, but a lot of room, about 6.9 million they saved. So, okay, I get it. Except that nobody seemed to have a sense that it was going to happen, including the agent for Matt Ioannidis, who told all of us at some point today, starting with a Steve Wino at the Associated Press, I think, was first. That basically, in his view, the team lied to him and his uh, partner at the combine when they spoke and were told by Rob Rogers and Chris Polian, all good. We're we're Matt Ioannidis fans. We're all good. Now, of course, in between, they get Carson Wentz and change their view of the situation, but they didn't tell the agent. And I think it's interesting of like, what is what's the what's the communication there? What's who's talking to who? Because this is two examples where there's some version of miscommunication. It appears happening here. It's not just the secondary; it's apparently also the front office. Right. No, and I think you know, they, on one hand, circumstances change. Yes, they did have a meeting. They did talk. This was weeks ago, um, and the team did tell them that that you know we we obviously think highly of Matt Ioannidis. You know, he's an important part of this team. He's not going to go anywhere. Fine. Circumstances change. They bring in a quarterback, a ton of their cap space is suddenly gone. They have to adapt. But how how did they not account for that? Does that mean that 
the Carson Wentz deal was as haphazard as it seems. And then to your point and to Alan Herman's point, why was there no communication back to those agents to inform them? All right, well, here's our plan now. And, you know, things have changed because as Herman pointed out, and this was his biggest issue, it sounded like with the miscommunication or no communication over the last six, seven days was, you know, it, it, it sapped Matt Ioannidis from having the first two days of the legal tampering period to right. um, negotiate with other teams to, to find a new deal. Oh, news just broke. So, I mean, I, I think it's fair to acknowledge that circumstances change from when they first talked to, you know, they also, the team didn't fully communicate with, with agents of, of some of these players they say they wanted. So, so yeah. Nikki is uh, uh, stumbling over her words slightly because it was just uh, uh, put up on Twitter that Ricky Seals Jones is apparently signing with the giants, which is interesting on multiple levels. One, he was the only other veteran they had besides Logan Thomas. And two, it is murdering Nikki right now to not be, figuring out exactly what's happening while she's talking to me. So we're going to just sort of pause here. And so Nikki doesn't lose her mind. All right. So, uh, yeah. So Ricky Seals Jones apparently is, is headed to the giants and there's another, <laughs> there's another thing, although I think we kind of already, at least I kind of already figured tight end was going to be somewhere on the list in part because we don't know where Logan Thomas is at. And Ricky Seals Jones is a totally fine guy, but I don't necessarily know that he's your definitive number two or anything or a replacement if Thomas isn't ready. This is the point of all free agency, though, is the th- the landscape changes constantly, and it shifted a ton today. And, you know, one of the questions we're all going to have to ask is, well, what is this thing going to look like in- when it's all over? They made a bunch of moves today. I and I just surprise out. Eric Flowers, kind of a surprise out. Again, easiest thing to do to just generate cap space, but now they don't have – now they're out both their starting guards, even though Wes Schweitzer will probably take over for one of them. And who knows what else they do? They still need a linebacker. Maybe they get another playmaker. Who knows? Um, <laughs> this is all about Carson Wentz, basically. Like you said before, whatever, whatever, however they landed on that guy, whether they felt they weren't going to get Mitch Trubisky, they felt, you know, obviously they didn't get Russell Wilson. They were afraid if Carson Wentz was released, he wouldn't sign with them. Whatever it was, that's what they landed on. And now they're making moves accordingly. We And again, we can't establish what's going to happen until we see the landscape but on a basic level and i haven't had a chance to ask you yet on the podcast is the juice worth the squeeze like they're doing a lot of stuff for a guy that two teams in a row have said we'll do whatever we have to do to get rid of you but there is a lot of talent so is the juice worth the squeeze at this point with whatever they're trying to do here well i think at this point when you give up a third round pick and possibly a second round pick and you take on a 28.3 million dollar cap hit you have to continue with the investment and try to make it work because you've already invested so much already. Um, I mean, the, the better question is why would you invest so much in the first place? But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, I, I the thing that I keep coming back to aside from once is, you know, for months we hear about how improved the offensive line is, how that was a big piece they wanted to get set last offseason. That was their main bit of progress last year. And then they completely upended the group. Oh, and, we can, you know, I mean, we, we, we can, I mean, we, 
Yeah, we could do some inside baseball here. I mean, I've 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 poked at this bear plenty of times, or bear, I don't know. I've poked at this plenty of times what I've written or on Twitter, and you and I have talked about it. When Ron Rivera gives a stump speech, he goes through all the things, including that they have the sixth best offensive line per, I think, PFF. Ignoring mm-hmm. that, at a minute, Brandon Scherf, the best one, wasn't going to yeah. be back. Exactly. Okay, well, at least we knew Scherf was going to be gone for reasons that, to a degree, were out of everybody's control. This wasn't, as far as we know, they could have kept Eric Flowers. Maybe maybe his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, wanted a, a raise, and they said, nah, we're done. But whatever, if the, if the offensive line was this grand that you're going to tell everybody, this is why a quarterback would want to be here, you would think you would want to keep it. Now they have two starters out, and Chase Rue is coming back from a broken fibula. Mm. So... <laughs> And Tyler Larson, the backup, is coming back from a ruptured Achilles. And what else? Oh, the you right know? tackle. What? How many games did Sam Cosby play? He looked fine when he played, but right. how many games did he actually play? Not, not a ton. So really, Six. it's Charles Leno, and we'll figure it out, I guess. So th- that's an aspect of all this. Was the, all the talk about the offensive line show? Eh, probably. Well, in that again, goes back to, right? But that again goes back to. JD and some of these other free agents, you know, it's, you know, we, we really love our guys, but you don't really like them enough to make an offer, you know, like it's how much of this is, is real versus kind of a, a smoke screen type thing, you know? Um, and I, you know, I, I, I know Ron is really respected as he should be. He's, he's earned his reputation to a point. I think at some point, if I were a player on the team and you can, Continue to say these things, how much you love certain players, really appreciate certain groups. And then, you know, the next minute they're gone or disbanded. I think you have to question that. I mean, we've seen it with a number of, of people, you know, for different circumstances and some were certainly vowed and I'm sure they all had their reasons. Um, and honestly, it doesn't matter what we think in the media anyway, but you know, when you say one thing publicly and do something else, it, it it's going to come up <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Now, like the idea that whether all of this is happening sort of like they, they change course on a dime or whatever, um, to some degree, it doesn't matter a ton. I mean, obviously, they're not the only team that is having to make decisions on the fly. I don't know when the Seahawks decided they were definitively getting rid of Russell Wilson. I, I gather those talks with Denver were going on for weeks, according to the reporting. But, you know, who knows when they actually decided what to do and when, you know, how it was going to go and. You know, we Randy Gregory was going to Dallas or he's going to Denver. He was going to Dallas. He's going back to Denver. Like things change and you have to adjust on the fly. This is the nature of all, the, all this. You have to have multiple plans. The question, though, is on some level is like, like, why are they kind of doing what they did? What, why, why did they make the Carson Wentz trade? It's been pointed out to, by some today that like it sounds like Baker Mayfield, one way or the other, is probably done with Cleveland based on the, the sad letter he put up posted on Twitter. Maybe you could have I had think him. That might be, I think that might be mutual. I kind of heard that he would like to get out of Cleveland. So, sure. you know, with or without Deshaun, this might be a mutual split here. And writing that cryptic letter was, you know, kind of throwing his name into the hat. Sure. But I guess so. like the, po- the point would be if Washington, some were saying, well, wait, why didn't Washington just wait? A guy like Carson Wentz might be available. What if Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta? And Matt Ryan's available. The problem is, and I think this is where the outsiders don't have the full perspective because they're only looking at the transaction. I agree. It's not logical that they picked up all the contract and give up all the picks, right? I think we can probably all agree on that. But you and I are living this life with these people. 
we're stuck here in in this in this place and we have watched Ron Rivera for two years go through the the, the six different quarterbacks and just a constant chaos I 100% get it he's over that R- right or wrong he's done with that that doesn't mean Carson Wentz is the answer but at least he knows I got a guy who has been a legit starter and I don't think I think there's some merit to that even if there was a bit of an overpay again this is not the same thing as think Carson Wentz is good but I'm saying I understand where this guy would be coming from because it obviously has got to suck if you don't have a quarterback in this league you're nowhere and he hasn't had any stability for two years right right no and it's you know, I talked to him at the combine a bit and he did, he did flat out acknowledge. Yeah. He's frustrated by this, you know, for the longest time he had one really good quarterback and yeah, you could argue that, you know, taking him with the number one overall pick in 2011 was obviously, um, but they, you know, him and Marty Herney did go through a very thorough process and really vetting Cam Newton and making sure he was the right fit for Carolina. So now in these last five years, counting the last two in Carolina and the three here, he's in quarterback purgatory, which, Hey, welcome to the life of every NFL team trying to replace a franchise quarterback or never having one. Um, But you know, there, there, it's just, it just feels like there's no real plan with every move, you know, whether it's, you know, benching a player or acquiring a player trading for a player or um changing certain things in the game plan it's like where is this going you know i and i i feel like each each move there's less and less certainty of there being a plan you know like in your car you have like to put on your like hazard lights yeah i think in their car they have a haphazard light and they just push that at all. That, that's been blinking for the last few days. It feels it like it doesn't turn off. Right. It, it just, it just keeps off. going. Yeah. And so that's the thing we're going to have to wait and see, right? Because if they just created all this cap space and I'm making all this up, but if they sign a legit veteran middle linebacker, right. They add some other offensive playmaker, pick whatever position you, you want. I, I still feel like they may want to go get a running back. Maybe that's in the draft, whatever. Um, you know, the uh, Andrew Norwell, right? The, 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 he looks like he's probably the best guard still out there. He's got Carolina ties. We know what that means. So if you tell me that they do that stuff, they, you know, bring back some of the other guys, your DeAndre Carters of the world. Again, it's not to say that this is a winner because we don't know where Carson Wentz will be. It's to say, okay, I could maybe see the plan. I really, I mean, like, it's... Well, I don't mean a plan like they formed it out weeks ago. I just mean if the end result is those things happen and they generated some money, you know, I mean, okay. That may be all right. Trading for Carson Wentz and then acquiring a 30-year-old guard really moved the needle? Oh, I'm not saying it's I, I think this, I think when you, when, when you get Carson Wentz and you didn't get Russell Wilson or whoever it is, and if you can't turn Carson Wentz back into the guy he was, your ceiling is lower. It's maybe higher than what it was with Taylor Heineke, but you're whatever. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I get that they felt they had to do something crazy with Wentz. They did that, and now they're going to do something else. I, I, I'm not, let's be clear. I'm not arguing that they're making the right decisions. I'm just saying the level of chaos right now is partly because we don't know the full complete story. And if this complete story is they do, you know, tick off these other things. Okay. Like, let me ask you this question. Chaos aside, how much worse did they actually get today? That they got rid of a guard, which is relatively the most easily replaceable position on offense. They got rid of 
Ionitis is good. You know, but they, they thought they replaced them with a couple guys and they didn't really work out. Who's but continue, uh, continue. Oh, Flowers. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, Eric Fla- Oh, yeah. Uh, book it. 2024, Eric Flowers will be starting at left guard for Washington. He'll, he'll be back again. Um, they got rid of Ionitis is good. He also wasn't starting. Uh, so, like, it's not like they gave up a starter. They, I think they botched it, though, with the Tim Settle thing, though. I don't understand. If you think you're going to get rid of Ionitis, did they wake up today and decide to get rid of Ionitis? But, okay, that aside, like, and Landon Collins, the only difference with him is that the, the post-June 1st thing, which is we already knew he was gone. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying, relatively speaking, they didn't, they didn't lose that much in the grand scheme of things. It's just weird yeah, how I got there. No, I yeah, no, and I agree. I I I don't have an issue with the Ionitis release. Um, I can understand where both sides are coming from and the whole drama there, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Purely football financial aspect, it makes sense. I mean, we were speculating about this for weeks beforehand. I mean, he has a significant cap hit and they need cap space. Um you know, Eric Flowers, I, I I was expecting them to either, you know, ask him to take a pay cut or just extend him because he did play really well alongside Charles Leno and it would have made sense and he's only 27 and you probably could have gotten that done. I was surprised to see they outright released him, but again, they needed cap space and maybe they felt there was a, you know, a better player that they could get there. Um, so I've no, I don't really take issue with, the the names that are are gone it's what have they brought in to counter that list and yeah oh they better go get some people yeah they haven't yet they have not yet at this point they have not signed a single outside free agent they brought back bobby mccain okay they keep cam sims obviously they keep mckissick but yeah nothing nothing significantly impactful uh you are we're just going to make this official today. You are the uh, official. Oh, you know what? Actually, you can't be. Uh, Brad Spielberger is the official cap guru for this um, for this podcast. But you can. We'll, we'll we'll make you the official cap guru specifically just for Washington. Great, Le- awesome. Thanks. Yeah, the Landon Collins thing. Mm-hmm. So okay, so the deal is they they, they made the designation post June one, which gives them it'll be almost double the amount of money in total that they would have saved if they had made the release now, except they can't spend the money. So whatever. So it's, you know, bird in the hand versus two in the bush or whatever the thing yeah. is. You, you get more this year, but it's later in the year. Um, right. So you're going to miss you out. also take on cap charges over, you know, in the future too, instead of. So what, so my theory, uh, and this was, I was, I'll give more of my credit to my editor for, for, for thinking this initially is that they've got two guys that are up for that are extension eligible, Terry McLaurin and Deron Payne. We know last year they waited to the last minute to give John Allen his deal. I think they're going to pr- pretty much seems to be apparent. They're going to give Deron Payne a deal seeing as how they just got rid of both of the backups mm-hmm. and Terry McLaurin. I mean, again, unless they're insane, they're going to resign him and it's going to be a big number. So do we think that it, the, the money is to just, we need it for the rainy day for these guys and we're just getting it ready? Or wh- what is the other reason that it would be, you would want to wait because you need the money right. now otherwise? I mean, that would make the most sense to me. Um, I, I'm trying to think of another re- reason why you would want to get more and shove it. But, you know, if they feel like they 
they cleared enough space to where they can cover free agency and the, what is it like 4.4 million that's yeah. allocated for their drafted rookies, but they're going to be tight and they just want to do this to give them some flexibility because they know that they're going to be on the hunt for bargain players. Um, and this roster could change over multiple times throughout training camp, then that would make sense too. It may not be for two players, but more just knowing that, you know, they're, they're going to need some bargain players and there's going to be veterans that are, uh, that are going to be cut and this will give them some flexibility and kind of continuing to reshape the roster that way. Um, all true. All right. I, you know, it is, it is a joy to be sitting here knowing that free agency is happening. And every time the, the, uh, the somebody's phone beeps to see Nikki squirm in her chair is quite enjoyable. I'm not going to lie, but I, I got to get her off the hot seat here so she can get back to uh, doing work. I, I, I mean, I don't even know if we completely did. We, did we discuss enough? The, the pissed off agent that Matt Ioannidis agent, like how angry he was. Did we, did we get into that enough or do we, did we? Yeah. Well, he, I felt like he was super pissed and talking to Wino. And then by the time he got around to me, it was like, all right, it cooled off a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't have gone this far. I really don't want to get this dude fired. So like, yeah, I am still kind of pissed off. It was kind of BS how it happened, but you know, just, you know, yeah. he, he's not a bad guy, that type of thing. But you know, he certainly wasn't the only one that was kind of miffed by everything that went down today or even in the last few weeks. Um, and it only raises more questions about what's going on internally or what's not going on internally over there. If you were a super, super casual fan or, you know, whatever, and you just didn't know that there'd been a complete turnover from a Bruce Allen regime to a Ron Rivera regime. I'm not talking about the icky stuff. I'm just saying from the football perspective, yeah. Ah, man, I mean, today kind of was like, uh, wait, who's what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, how many other teams, how many other teams today had agents go off on them <laughs> based on how they were conducting yeah. business? Well, the thing is, and, you know, I was talking to some other people about this, too, is like, you know, agents go off on teams all the time, right? They want you to kind of use this as leverage in their favor, but to go on the record and say this stuff is that's kind of rare. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't really happen. So yeah, it's not a great day for Washington, but if they feel like they kind of made the moves that they wanted to make, uh, the, the, the cap space, they got a quarterback and now they move on to the next wave of free agency then. Um, all right. So, so lastly, we're sitting here, like it's now nine 15 on Wednesday. We're still waiting for that move. What whatever the movie is, there will be one move they make that will be more will cost more money than all the other ones. What's the thing you want to see them do? If they're gonna write this ship or do the right things, what's the what's the one thing you think they need to do at this point? Uh, get a linebacker. Um, I was really hoping they were clearing all that space to go get a veteran linebacker because there's a lot of talent on the open market right now, and I think they need to add a veteran to that room in addition to drafting a player. Um, but that would, that would interest me. Um, I, I do think that there's obviously some clear holes in the offensive line now that they need to address, but I think if they really want to kind of get some good PR here, let's get a playmaker, be it on one side or the other. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, if they got, if they end up with Bobby Wagner, which I would imagine is extreme, uh, I, here's the bottom line. No, does anybody really want to come here? I mean, that's, we're all, we're kind of dancing around that, whether it's quarterback or other positions, 
do people want to come here? I think that's going to be a question we'll find out in the next few days. Money is people, money talks, but if they have options, you know, do you actually want to come here? But yeah, we'll see if they can get a middle linebacker with a veteran. That could be a good move for the defense for sure. And yeah, another offensive playmaker would help um, the offense and uh, the mood of the crowd. Um, all right. Uh, everybody's mood is, is, is always much better when Nikki is here breaking down all things uh, Washington Commanders. No, no dog appearances today. Lenny is hiding somewhere. So um, it's a rare occasion where neither one of us have a pet here. You, you do have your mom there. Did your mom want to come on and say hi? No, mom left this morning. Oh. Says hi from Colorado and my dogs. I um, I gave them bones before this just so they would behave, and so far they've obliged. So good work, guys. You're doing excellent. Well, well, well done. All right, good job by them. Good job by you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if I can get this podcast up before something else happens. It's good luck. Thank you. All right, many thanks to. Nikki Javala for her time. Thanks to everyone here for theirs as well. I always appreciate it when everybody is, is hangs out. You get to the end of the podcast, I feel like you should just get, get a bonus. I, I don't know if it's a cookie or a gold star or a pat on the back, but at a minimum, it's my sincere and legitimate appreciation for you checking it out. Um, but that's it for now. Uh, I'm going to get out of here before something else happens. So <laughs> stay exciting off. Until next time.